Steve's microphone is not working today, which is number one bullshit. Um, it is. And, uh, and that's okay. So he's going to be talking through his, um, his computer mic. And yeah. if you read the comments on YouTube, that's still better than my mic quality. So, you know, I don't think we lose here. I think you're still okay. You're still at least number two in the list of power rankings of who's got the best audio on this show. Yeah, I don't have a mic. I don't have a door. I, so you, you never fix the door? Yeah, why haven't you fixed the door? <laughs> I just haven't yet. I just haven't. I will. I'm going to. But uh, yeah, no. So my mic like exploded. I heard a pop in in my ear when they were like handing the con Smythe Andre Vasilevsky mm. during our game uh, five stream for the cup final. Um, and I was just like scrambling, didn't know what to do. There's like 50,000 concurrent viewers. Um, so I guess I was just talking to them through the computer and then I forgot about it for a couple days and now we're doing this and I don't have a mic. So <laughs> whoops. Oh, well, what are you going to do? You, you guys made a great point. Cause I was very grumpy and you're like, you know, you got 18 months used out of that mic. Yeah. It's a $150 like, microphone. Yeah. Three days a week for 18 months, you know? Yeah. And That's you use them all for the Sportsnet broadcast. You know what? Tell Sportsnet to pay for the new one. Thank you so much. <laughs> because we bought that as a company and we don't make as much money as Sportsnet. I'm not sure if they know that or not, but we do not uh, have Wait, we don't? revenue. Not quite yet. Not ah. quite yet. I know it's crazy. It's crazy. I don't know. Did you see the ratings, boys? Good stuff. <laughs> that's, that's what we're saying is that oh, we don't yeah, make as yeah. much money and we oh. don't draw as many viewers. So, just, yeah, that would I just realized I was playing into your hands. Thank you for yeah. that. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be sure to but, call them up. Hey, guys, I, I need a new podcast, Mike. I do need to say, Steve, congratulations on on uh, watch a watch a Stanley Cup game with Steve Dangle and watch a Habs game, watch a Leafs game. Um, the, the numbers were huge and the support was huge and you did a great job. And I know that you would have been a walking corpse afterwards because it's exhausting just sitting there talking to yourself. Um, so congratulations to you on a great playoff, buddy. I, I think it's pretty cool. And now that you're a trader, how does it feel to be on the other side of this traitorous offseason? Well, you know, it's difficult because I cheered for the Leafs. And then, as you know, I, I made an announcement saying I cheer for the Habs now. Right. It's weird. I can't find it written or in video or audio anywhere, but I'm positive I said it. Okay. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm obviously just bitter about that. I never said I cheer for the Habs, you it was, idiots. It was anyway. 17 broadcasts, right? That's a lot. 17 a lot. streams. Thank you, Jesse, for getting me back on track. Yeah. 17 <laughs> streams. <laughs> Uh, about 51 hours because wow. there were about three hours each some some a little less some a little more we um luckily avoided any ridiculous overtime games mm -hmm. <laughs> like, that's right yeah there was no like triple ot where you had to do a six hour live stream God, or something. there should have been though damn it that would have been great oh part of me like i don't know i i think it's good to go through that once just to see if you can do it yeah Josh yeah. Anderson really saved your bacon, eh? Yeah, he did. <laughs> like, you ever gone to an extra innings baseball game? After, you know, the 10th, the 11th, after the 12th, though, you're like, ah, let's keep it going. <laughs> I, I went to an 18-inning game once. It was great. That was that was the longest game I ever went to. I showed up at 1. It was late for my shift at work at 6. 
It was it was wonderful. Was the wonderful. worst thing is when they close the concessions in like the seventh inning. Oh, and then, and then you sit there for another ten innings, and they're like, "Hey, we're not going to feed you at all." Why do they like, do that? Just stop serving beer. Like, like if you're worried yeah. about the booze, just stop serving alcohol. But like, let me eat. Mm-hmm. I've been here for six hours. Yeah. I guess it's because like the people who work there got to head home and they got to like clean up and. And everything and be out of there like out isn't this pay them, pay them. just yeah. pay them man <laughs> sell some fucking hot dogs like i don't i don't get it and you know what i don't think that's the case everywhere i think that might be oh. just a toronto thing oh really like like i maybe i'm wrong or maybe it's an mlb thing they don't want to send you home drunk or whatever and i get that stop then shut off the taps and let me buy a fucking Dazani. Like, honestly, <laughs> let me buy, let me buy something so I can satiate myself. And people are like, well, why would you even hang out there 16 innings? Well, if it's a 16 inning ball game, I fucking like sports. That's why. Cause my ticket says I get to be here for the game. Right. And the game's not done. That's right. Hit anyway. something. Let's go. <laughs> anyway, I did actually sit through very a, good. I sat through a 16 inning game once with the oh. Jays and Yankees and the Jays actually won. Yeah. And, and the, there's like 40 Alex Gonzalez's that have played for the Jays, but this is the most recent one. And he was traded for Edwin Encarnacion, but he was the guy that I think he like hit a double. But the thing I remember most about it is the tops of my knees were just shish kebobbed oh. afterwards. So fried. And the sun was like going down by the time the game was over. But, you know, you, the game starts in, in, in Toronto because we have hockey on Saturday nights. Um, they start all, all the weekend games are like afternoon games, right? Yeah. So you get um you get absolutely cooked in the sunshine i miss i like the evening games way better than the afternoon games by the way way oh, better. Yeah. like yeah, a weekday I, 7 p.m start oh over delicious. Like a 1 p.m sunday yes yeah. way better i want it i want to me baseball needs to be played while the sun's going down like you want it to start in the sun and then you want it to end in the shade i just like literally blue jays games are the worst because it's dark blue plastic seats for this Right, in your if you're in the sunshine, oh yeah, and it gets hotter as the game goes on. It's supposed to cool off, right. and you're just sitting there cooking, cooking in sweat, just cooking. Well, for the first like hundred years of baseball, there were no night games because they yeah. didn't have lights in the stadium. And up until I think the 2000s, they had never played a night game at Wrigley Field because Jeez. it was just wow. tradition. They'd have the lights, and then they finally put in everything the updated to modern technology. They and isn't it lighting. crazy? Wrigley Field looks beautiful at night. Oh, yeah. And you never have to worry about a sunburn because 100 years ago, you were wearing your three-piece suit. To the That's, and it was <laughs> made of wool. Yes, your <laughs> wool three-piece suit, and you were nice and protected. And it grated your skin like cheese. <laughs> and you read the newspaper in between <laughs> innings. <laughs> no, you, no, you're like one of those guys who like, I'm going to do my own scorecard, thank you very much, even though I can look this up online later. You know the guys are like, yeah, it's a line three. Yeah, now. you're scoring the game. Like, why are you scoring the game? That's what I like to do. Like to listen yeah. on the radio on my little headphones, and I like to score the game. That's it's the strangest thing I've ever seen live. It Baseball. was a father son thing, and I was just looking at the dad like you taught your son to be this way. <laughs> you didn't even give him the option of escaping this life. Oh man! Somebody's gonna tweet us and be like, "My grandfather still scores games." Your yes. grandfather yes. is an old man, and that's okay. <laughs> yeah. But what is anyone our age doing that for? Right. Knock that nonsense off. You stop it. Now, Steve. Steve says this, but he's raising his son to be a Leaf fan. No, I am not. I am not. And first of all, he's one. We haven't made that decision yet. This dude. It's not a religion. 
He's, he's a, we, we haven't decided if he'll be a Leafs fan. Ah, uh, okay, okay. No, uh, he's uh, by the end of today, he will have four soccer kits. No loyalty. He'll he'll have he'll have uh, Liverpool, Chelsea, Scotland, and York United. No, nice. He's gonna be wearing York United along with his pops. That's right. No loyalty. Just get those free kits, kid. Chelsea and Liverpool is bold. It's uh, it's family indoctrination. Yeah, it's a it's a bidding war right now. Now let's get into uh, the actual, um, you know, Stanley Cup. Stanley Cup. Yeah. We have a short show today. It's Friday. We're here to party. But I just want to say officially, welcome back to how does this affect the Leafs season? Ooh. We're back in it, baby. How does this all affect the Leafs? Well, first off, Tampa wins the Cup. I wanted to actually ask you guys a question before we get into how any of this affects the Leafs because we do have a lot of Leafs news to get to. Um, how quickly? before they make a trade, their first trade? Because we've had now, what, 40, almost 48 hours? Something like that. We've got about 40 hours in here. I would have thought it would have come in the first couple of days, but apparently not. What do you think Tampa is up to? And how come they haven't traded Steven Stamkos yet? <laughs> first of all, that was a bold claim. And the more I thought about it, the more I was like, my friend Adam is on to something. And I was amazed to even get a Lightning fan going, I suggested this. <laughs> I've been suggesting this. I'm like, cool. You're the first person I've ever heard. Yeah, me too. I never heard um, of that. I think you got to wait until the parade is done. Mm, okay. Yeah. You gotta, yeah. And that's you this weekend, wait. right? It has to be. Like, you got to wait until everyone's had their fun. They get to say their goodbyes. But what was very interesting is to hear the lightning. I believe it was John Cooper after the game say, like, part of the motivation for this group was knowing this was it. That's it. This is their last kick at the can as this group. They can win it again next year if they want, but a bunch of them aren't going to be there. Stamco said the same thing, actually, with Kyle Bukowskis. You know what? It must have been him then. No, no, they both said it. No, they, they both, both said, said it. it. Oh, yeah. well, then there you go. So yeah. it's, it's obvious the writing's on the wall, and I don't get the impression that it's just dudes leaving in free agency. There aren't enough. There's only two. Isn't, aren't there? Like, of real significance, Coleman and Goudreau, mm -hmm. or Goodrow. Good uh, boy. Whatever. We all know who you're talking about. Yes, exactly. Barclay. Guy Barclay fan. Guy who took uh, Shea Weber shot off knee. Oh, just. And could skate afterwards somehow. Agony. Just yeah. agony. That is a, a Shea Weber who can't even shoot as hard as Shea Weber can shoot. And just still devastating. Devastating. Um, Monday. Monday. Mon Monday is when we get our first Tampa trade. Jesse, do you agree? Disagree? What do you think? Uh, probably a little after that. I think you give it a little into next week. Maybe, maybe name a day, Just name a day, Na Pick name a day, day. third. Not a, I don't even think it's a trade. Like it's some sort of roster move for sure. But, uh, probably yeah. Thursday. We hear okay, it can't be, if we're talking roster moves, Jesse, it can't be somebody moved to the LTIR because I'll be very upset with you. That's <laughs> that not, can, that oh not count. You, can we, can we run down the injuries that everybody had? Sure. Oh yeah. You oh, got them? I got, I got a couple wild. here. So, wild. Uh, Petrie, uh, Jeff Petrie confirmed it was a broken pinky finger that uh, resulted in him having the eyes from Eric Engels. The eyes were because of setting his finger back in place. I passed out and basically popped all the blood vessels in my eye. Ooh. <laughs> so that was uh, Ooh. Jeff Petrie. Uh, I'm trying if to they don't build a statue to Jeff Petrie in Montreal, I don't know what you're, man, he yeah. could have had surgery, taken the easy way out, 
six to six to eight weeks, he would have been fine. But instead, he gets to be all bloody eyes about it. That's fucking you know nuts. How much force he had to exert. Oh my god. Oh, the brutal. Alex Kaloran injury was a broke. He broke his fibula. He had yes. surgery last week to put in a rod and hope to play. He skated on it. This dude yeah. took warm up. A rod. Just the first fibula. Do you, now, do you take the rod out now and and just let it heal, or how do you? What do you do now? You put it in the Stanley Cup and you parade it around. Okay. <laughs> you, you attach a spoon to it. <laughs> and then the Kucherov injury was uh, he was playing through a fractured rib from a cross check. From who. a cross check from Scott Mayfield uh, of the Islanders in the oh. Islanders series. So he still had the final that he had. He had that snipe in game one with a fractured rib from what I believe was an uncalled cross check. Yeah, and I'm um, missing a, cu- a couple more. Our Weber had a thumb injury. Toffoli had a groin injury. Gallagher with a groin injury. Boy, did Gallagher have a groin injury. Yeah. You saw that on the ice. Like, he, when he fell, holy, he looked like he was in pain. Now, um, we, we mentioned Kucherov there. Jesse, do you have the audio? Because it's infamous now. We're going to play it one more time, and Habs fans are going to get... We upset. Okay, I'm gonna play the whole thing. Play the whole thing. Okay, okay. Here. By the way, Joe Smith with the call on this one. I love it. Yeah, let's go. (laughs) Joe, let's hear it. (laughs) Just uh, (laughs) how would you describe your congratulations? Um, How would you describe your emotions right now after doing what you guys did? I I, I don't know what to say. Uh, Back to back, and yeah, I I couldn't sleep for three nights. You know, and to be able to win this game is huge. Wasi was outstanding. MVP. I was telling him every day, Wasi, you MVP. You, you're the best player. And then they gave it to whatever the guy in Vegas, the Vezina. And then last year, they, they gave Vezina to somebody else. Number one bull. Number one bull. Wasi took both cups. You know, he took MVP and I was keep telling him he's MVP. He's the guy that he's the best. You know, he was on his head today and you know, he kept us in the game, and another shout out for it by him. Remarkable. Can't even tell more. I'm so happy we. <laughs> I didn't want to go back to Montreal, but they acted. The fans in Montreal, come on, they acted like they won the Stanley Cup last game. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? John Romano, they, Tampa they, Bay Times. Their final was last last series. Okay. <laughs> now, how many people have you had tweet you that he's classless? Oh, oh. it was trending. Classless. It was classless. What a trending. bum! There's so there's so many things out of that just minute and a half clip. One, every GM, we ran through this before, but every GM who didn't vote for Vasilevsky for Vesna, you should be ashamed of yourself. There's four of them. You should be ashamed. He should have won the Vesna. And Kucherov saying that drunk vindicated uh, our, uh, my stance, at least when I said Fleury uh, shouldn't have won that Vesna. Bro, back to back series yeah. in these playoffs where he shut them out. He shut out the Islanders, won nothing, and won the Cup, won nothing. And back to back Stanley Cup clinching games with a shutout. Mm-hmm. There's they no won two nothing last year. That Kucherov should have won the Conn Smythe. There was Vasilevsky. Yeah, I think Kucherov's wrong about the Conn Smythe. I think Kucherov should have won it. No, no, no that's crazy. That's Kucherov outscored his own team by ten points, guys. He was very good, but Vasilevsky was he, even better. Right. There's one guy <laughs> who was better. Here is the top Adam by more than ten points. That is number one bullshit. Yeah, the guy, the guy on the ice says the other guy should have got it. So I'm gonna go with the player. You know, 
Mm-hmm. I think I think uh, Vasilevsky deserved that consequence. I think I think yo I think Kucherov's wrong about Kucherov. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> By the way, okay. number one bullshit I believe comes from Khabib Nur- Nurmagomedov uh, of the UFC, who's the first person I ever heard say the term number one bullshit but now it's made its way into hockey and i love it because i think it's here to stay it's and too then, fun to say and then the other thing everybody complaining about him being classless this, this is the best thing ever this is exactly best. what you want out of athletes you want them to make news and press conferences and we always talk about hockey players not having personalities there's a guy who's speaking his second language and having the most personality of any hockey player we've seen in years and it's amazing and it trended and went viral this is exactly what you want you should be championing these things the, the second language is important because he said a few like wrong things in there like he was on his head <laughs> he stood on his head yes you, you know what i mean yeah. so there was a bit of a language barrier though yeah. and this is where oh oh so so are you saying you support this or what he said was great yes no you're you're well first of all jesse is second of all you're confusing <laughs> being kind of mean with crossing the line what did he say that's crossing the line you know what I mean? Like, what what did he say where it's like he needs to be reprimanded for that? Nothing. Nothing. There's no nothing. fine coming. It's, nothing. It, no, it's not nice. It's not kind. But whatever. Whatever. He's, he's he's gassing up Vasilevsky at the expense of, I guess it's Flurry and who was it last year? Hellebuck? Mm-hmm. You know, so and then making fun of the Montreal fans, I guess, a little bit there. But he's competitive. Oh, yeah. I don't. I mean, listen, if this was yeah. said against the Leafs, I'd be saying the same thing. I know Toronto fans would react much the same way that Montreal fans would react. But to yes. quote a uh, friend of the show, Pete Blackburn, it's a diaper take. It's a full diaper take. If you're upset about this, like Montreal, you know that you're you're a Cinderella story. You know you celebrated big after Game Four, and you should have. <laughs> but the reality was, he said what we all said, which was, "Come on." And we now, now the Lightning head back into the Atlantic Division, and so do the Habs. And forever, there's a built-in villain there, which is great. great for all involved. It's great for the Lightning. It's great for the Habs. It's great for hockey. It it rules. And it's Dan great. Milstein uh, tweeted out. By the way, Dan Milstein, who oh. is like the ultimate Russian power agent, his Twitter account though at Hockey Agent One, which sounds like literally Smart Insider Man, um, <laughs> but. But Can we smart start hockey agent two? Yeah, <laughs> Jesse, sign up for it right now. Or, or, sign up for it right now. Or smart insider Dan. But uh, but anyway, uh, Dan Milstein um, <laughs> tweeted out today that uh, Kucherov has officially signed with Bud Light, which nice. throughout that press conference. And what's funny is that I'm pretty sure I could be wrong about this, but I'm pretty sure Bud Light is what's sold at the Bell Center. And I wonder if any Montreal Canadiens fan will d- dare to buy it from now on. Because now that they, you know, they clearly support Nikita Kucherov, they must be a classless beer company. Is Bud Light a Molson uh, Coors product? Ooh. I, I would assume that uh, you would only sell Molson products at no, the Bell Center. And it's Anheuser an Anheuser-Busch. Busch. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, because it's Bud, right? Yeah, that right, makes sense. Right, that makes sense, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, so maybe, it's you know kind of great. In you that know, if, regard, if, if you own the team, yeah, I want my beer selling in the arena. No, decent, I, okay, so here we go. Bell Center. Um, you can buy you can buy Coors Banquet, Heineken, Dosecki's, Rickards, Molson 67, oh, 67X, Molson X, Molson Canadian, Molson Dry. I don't know if you can buy. Yeah. 
right? I don't know if you can't. Well, because it would make sense that it would yeah. be Molson, right? If if you're if you own the team, you ban all other beer companies. Yeah. Like that's what I would do. <laughs> I'm a billionaire. Although, if you're a billionaire and it affects your bottom line, are you like, yeah, I don't give a shit? No, no. You you wag you wag your thing around, and you're like, no, I'm only selling my beer. According, well, to I'm not. Sorry, oh, go, sorry keep go going. Ahead. No, no, keep going. Well, I was gonna say I'm not totally sure how it works, but like, couldn't Bud pay? to be in the building and then obviously they get to make their own money. I don't know. I don't know. There's all, all kinds of arrangements. According to a blog from 2014, Montreal Canadiens ranked number one for most expensive beer in the NHL. I don't know if that's still the case, but at the time it would cost you 75, 75 cents per ounce of beer. Wow. So that's pretty small. <laughs> And that's a lot of money is what I'm saying. Uh, chart only shows per price per, and they did sell Bud Light at one point, according to this particular blog, which is uh, Montreal blog. So anyway, it's a, gr- it's a great partnership. That's hilarious. Yeah, that is very, very funny. Anyways, Kucherov said nothing incorrect about Montreal fans. No. And, and, that was and, their Stanley Cup. And that's, and that's, that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> but I understand them being raw and upset. Like if the Leafs had just lost the Stanley Cup final, I think I'd be a little sad too, but you got to feel good about where the Habs came from. A hundred percent. Like Habs fans, I mean, they should be happy. What I thought Kucherov was talking about was people trashing the city, not anyone in the building. Did the city get that trashed? I don't, I don't, I don't know. I know there was a police presence and everything. I don't, oh, I don't really be. know what else happened, but um, no, the, the Montreal Canadiens were the feel good team in these playoffs. And I say that perfectly readily as as a Leafs fan like yeah, um they were dude they were the best they it was I mean the original David versus Goliath was them versus Toronto like they should not have got past Toronto and Toronto then, won the division they were the worst regular season team to make the playoffs there's no hyperbole there all those things are true and all then this, the second David versus Goliath was Vegas Montreal second place team in the league against 18th place team in the league mm-hmm and so, anyway, I, I, I do want to. I do have a quick question about Montreal, though, because we have a, a little bit of news um, to get to. But I, I, Dom Ducharme, it looks like will be, according to Renault Lavoie of TVA, uh, will eventually TVA. no longer TVA. Sorry, uh, <laughs> will no longer be an interim coach with Montreal. Uh, Joel Bouchard is now the coach of the Ducks, um, uh, basically AHL affiliate, the Gulls. But you know, it's funny the. Um, a lot of people are in Montreal land are very upset about losing Joel Bouchard because he is highly, highly touted. But now that you have Dom Ducharme sort of like, how do you not have him as your head coach after he goes all the way to the finals, even though objectively speaking, the team looked better under Luke Richardson. Um, They did. I'm sorry, but they did. And there's a lot of Habs fans tweeting me going, I completely agree. Uh, There's some on the other side too. Yeah. Well, Look at the Keep numbers. in mind, but anyway, like the, the grass is greener. You you had Luke Richardson for what four playoff games? No, you had him for most of the Vegas series. Yeah, that's that's four, five, what six? And then for then then the first three of the or first two or three of the Stanley Cup final as well. What I'm saying is the sample size was not large. Uh, they were high stakes games, absolutely, and he did very well. Mm-hmm. But it's and made it's, correct lineup decisions. Weird. It's, it's like the Jack Campbell conversation that we were having. Do you think he's good? Yeah, but he's never done the extended, uh, the extended starter thing. And Dom Ducharme has? No, but he has more experience than Richardson, or at least did this season. Okay. 
It's a, it's a it's a difficult one. Now I remember us talking oh, about this. Hold on, though. I, I did have a place. Oh, sorry, I sorry, to sorry, sorry. I do. So my question is: We know Don Ducharme is going to be the head coach. Yes. My question for Montreal is: What's next? Because you actually have to do an honest assessment of what this team is. Are they the 18th place team in the regular season, or in in what people still call a weak division? Although they did make it all the way to the finals, so I'm not sure how weak it could be. Um, are they 18th place team in the NHL, or are they Stanley Cup finalists? And keeping in mind that plenty of teams make the Stanley Cup final and miss the playoffs the next year. Dallas did it this year. Remember, New Jersey won the Cup in 95 and missed the playoffs in 96. It can happen. In fact, it happens a lot. So, or not a lot, I guess, but a lot more than you'd think. What is Montreal? Is it somewhere in the middle? Are they somewhere closer to what they were in the regular season? Or is this team finally, has this team finally come to what, you know, people thought was its true potential, which is a high-ranking NHL team? Uh, it's really difficult because they got to deal with they got to deal with the we just had a deep playoff run contracts mm-hmm. and that's going to be hard. Um, Phil, I think the question lot- is what do you do with Philip Deneau? Yeah. Is like, is, was this run enough to give him that big contract? Because I feel like the rest of them are kind of okay, you know what you're doing. You're bringing back Corey Perry on a league min. You're re-signing Kotkin Yemi at whatever number satisfies both sides. Tatar is probably gone because he couldn't even crack the lineup. Eric Stahl is probably back on a league min if he still wants to play. But then the big question is Armia and Dano. Armia, wow, he's deep in their lineup, but that's a good player, man. He was, he was a good player for them. Um you know, yeah, I, I think you get done. I think you get that done. I, I do yeah. too. I'm applying my leaf logic to it where we can't pay anyone in the bottom six because we're screwed. Um, but the Habs probably can. Uh, Lekkonen being an RFA is tough. Kakanyemi being an RFA is tough. And to know, like, so what was it? Was it five years times six million? Or was That's it six what he years? Was offered and he turned down. it down to start the year. Yeah. And that number has not gone down. No. It's at, after all this. All I can tell you is it hasn't gone down. If I turned it down before, I don't know if I'm going to take it now. Uh, and I'm going to be asking for more. Why not? Why not? I was our most important center, arguably, in getting us to the Stanley Cup final. I shut down this guy. I shut down that guy. I shut down that guy. Like offenses turned to ash in my presence. That you you gotta you gotta pony up for that. That's a really really difficult decision. I have a, a a thing with Philip Deneau. I really loved his play, you know, and, and I think for sure he's probably going to, if you're buying on free agency, you, you know, you're going to overpay, mm-hmm. but, and I don't think this works cap wise, but if you look at what the Leafs are going to lose with Hyman and Kerfoot, right? So you're going to lose your, and we'll get to that a little bit later, but you're going to lose Kerfoot. He's your third line center. Most of the time you're going to lose Hyman. There are reports today about Tyler Bertuzzi, which we'll get into. But what's interesting with the Leafs is they do need a third-line center. Even if Kerfoot was their third-line center next year, you'd still probably want an upgrade on that, right? And I think Phil Deneau hits all the things the Leafs want, except for the dollar amount and the term. And my question is, sometimes, is it worth it? Because this guy plays a game much like Tyler Bertuzzi does, and we'll get into that in a little bit, that the Leafs do not have. And it would allow Tavares and Matthews to be more like Tavares and Matthews rather than having to play defensive roles as well. Matthews and Tavares are both defensively responsible, but you don't, 
have either of them playing significant minutes on the penalty kill, for instance. Deneau could do that. Um, you don't have them out all the time. I mean, you've got Tavares out in key defensive situations. Wouldn't it be nice if some of that could be shouldered by the third line center? And I, I wonder thought, if he's a sneaky pick. I thought we were having a conversation about what the Montreal Canadiens can do. With it's called, line. how does this affect the Leafs season, Jesse? What don't you get about that? You know, the, the Leafs, are, uh, they, they literally can't do that. They, they can't. They could. You got to no. move the salary out. Well, then you're going to have Ilya Mikheyev on the left and right wing of all four lines. <laughs> because I think, I think a change needs to happen. I think they need to go beyond the big four here. Uh, yep. I now, agree. Every conversation we have about, hey, how do you make the Leafs better involves making a major change that they refuse to make. So you can imagine how excited I am to talk about them in this offseason. With Montreal... You know, we, we, you go, how do you improve on this team? One of the names that keeps popping up is Jonathan Drouin. Now, we don't know where he's at because he did leave this season. Uh, mental health was, I believe, cited as the, as the reason why and that he was taking care of that. So let's assume that he feels ready to play next season because, again, you don't, you can't, we don't know and you can't know. I'm sure Montreal has checked in on that uh, because they need to know for this particular offseason. But with Jonathan Drouin, it seems like that there, there are a lot of Canadians fans assume that him being a, a native Quebecer, um, maybe, maybe it's just too much pressure on him. And maybe he doesn't, maybe he can't play there anymore. Maybe he doesn't want to play there anymore. There's a lot of that assumption going on, which again, I think is unfair, but he does present a pretty tantalizing trade chip for teams that need a scoring punch at a pretty relatively basic salary cap. I think it's five and a half or five. Five and a half. Yeah. So if you look at a team fair. like a fair, you know, it's, it's a fair hit for a guy that probably can get you 25 to 30 goals, right? <laughs> if, he's, if he's in a position where I look at a guy like him and go, what kind of assets, if he's ready to go, what kind of assets does that, that guy bring in? Can you get, um, can you get the player? Like I, with Montreal's lineup, it's like, what do you need? You need more scoring. So can you swap scoring for scoring? Let's say Columbus can't get Patrick Line under contract. Can you talk to them about Drouin plus for Line a and then pay Line a what, you know, because Line a on Montreal to me would be kind of cool. I have a sneaky theory. What's your um, sneaky theory? Uh, and this, this I think is especially if the Habs cannot bring Philip Deneau back because they got Suzuki. He's going to be there for a long time. Mm -hmm. They got Kakaniemi. He's going to be there for a long time. There is a cold business-like argument that you shouldn't bring Philip Deneau back yes. if you're going to properly develop those guys and put all your eggs in that basket. So let's bring in a guy who we know can be a middle six center. And you know what? It would probably help if he was on a pretty affordable contract, but the team that he is on is still, despite his affordable contract, kind of looking to move him. And let's throw, let's throw it in there that he actually grew up cheering for the Habs. Nazem Kadri. I think Nazem Kadri to the Habs could be a very interesting thing. Hmm. And I listen again, we have no idea what's going on with Jonathan Druan. Who knows? He may not want to get traded. He may not, this may not that let's assume he is going to play next year. Kadri for Druan is an interesting base of a trade. 
And then you got a one, two, three of Suzuki, Kadri, and Kakanyemi. It's not bad, eh? It's not bad. It's if, something to think about. That's all. If you're getting rid of the Duno contract and the Druin contract, because like you said, it, they need scoring. And to Druin, he doesn't really even provide that. Like, even if outside of all of the issues of why he left the team and uh, being a Montreal Canadian, his production is mainly uh, playmaking. Yeah, like it's it's not mm. scoring necessarily. So even if you're looking to upgrade yeah. on on goal scoring, this might be the right move, re- regardless of everything else involved. So yeah, he hasn't getting... scored over twenty goals in five years. I didn't realize that. Yeah, he's he's not a goal scorer. So he goes through streaks. Yeah, right. but I think he bad. scored two goals this season while he was on the ice. Um, Forty-five and, games. Yeah. Struggled. So um, if you're getting rid of the Druin contract and the Deneau contract, why don't you take that nine million plus dollars and go out and get the big fish like Jack Eichel? I tell you what, you don't have to worry about anything up the middle for quite some time. And they would have the. Like, you wouldn't have to part with Suzuki or Caulfield for that, obviously. You're no. not going to. No, you could, by default, you, got, you have the space. Yeah, and you've got the, the – Montreal's got one of the best farm systems in the league. They could, they could provide the younger players that Buffalo might be looking for. They – Although Buffalo just needs players, like guys who have played yeah. ever. So, I was looking at it. Ah, this is very interesting. So, I was going to say, I don't think Eichel would want to go to Montreal. Eichel actually doesn't really get a say in the matter. Because he has a full no move that kicks in next season. Uh Not this upcoming, next season. So if Montreal comes to the table with the Buffalo Sabres and they have the best offer, guess what? He's going to Montreal. He doesn't get a say. Yeah. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. Um, okay, moving it forward here. Um, in, down in Disappointmentville, the Toronto Maple Leafs have re-signed Travis Dermott. <laughs> and a lot of people are, are questioning. They're like, listen, in every appreciable way, and I think Mike Stevens was tweeting about this, in every appreciable way, Travis Dermott had less last year. Less ice time, less points, less of an impact. So you doubled his salary because he was making 785 grand and now he's making 1.5 for the next two years. And a lot of people I think have flashes of Pierre Engvall's extension in their minds. And I think rightfully so, but I listened to an interview with Elliot Friedman this morning um, on uh, the fan 590. And he was talking about this. They think, yes. Okay. Maybe you could have saved money in year one if you'd gone to arbitration. However, if he has any kind of impact in year two, Meaning in arbitration, you're probably going to get a one-year deal, one-year settlement. 
which is what I think he got last year. Um, if he has a good year this year, then you're paying a lot more next year. You could be paying $3 million or 2.5 to me. And, and maybe I'm, maybe I'm crazy on this one. You let that happen. Don't you? Yeah, but fans are resistant to it because this is every Leafs contract negotiation. What if we do, what if we go longer in order to get more? And uh, here we are still without a first round victory. Oh, but this guy, he had a career best and he scored. I don't care. I don't care. Where are they in the win column? Well, this year in the playoff win column. Oh, you know what I mean? So it's nothing against Travis Dermott. It's just a mood. It's just a temperature, I think, with this fan base. Yeah, I, I will say this. It, the contract sort of jogged my brain a little bit because I said the Leafs are going to go four and four with the expansion draft. They're going to go Tavares, Matthews, Nylander, Marner. Mm-hmm. And then on defense, they're going to go Riley. Why would you lose him for nothing? Muzzin, why would you lose him for nothing? Brody, why would you lose him for nothing? And Hall. And then I thought about it. I'm like, okay, wait, wait a sec. Even with a raise, Dermot makes half a million dollars less than Hall for each of the next two years. They both have two years left. Dermot 1.5, Hall 2. Hall this winter is turning 30. Dermot's turning 25. Mm-hmm. Hall's fine. It's not great. He's fine. He's not going to get better. Dermot should. I think he should. At 25? It's he. Well, he's 24 now. He will be 25. You know what I mean? So I am moving the goalposts a little bit, but it's, it, it, here's, here's the thing. It's not just that he'll get better at that age. I feel like the age thing makes Justin Hall a less appealing target for the Seattle Kraken. Right. And if you make him a less appealing target and you protect Dermot, then Seattle goes after Kerfoot. The 3.5 mil comes off the books. He's a younger player. He, you know, great utility guy. You can use him in all kinds of roles. And then you can essentially run back the same eight defensemen or trade them, trade any of them. Cause that Dermot contract, I will be, I will be vehemently against it. Vehemently. If he's ever once a healthy scratch, unless they put together a decor that, that, that knocks my socks off. If you, with all your, uh, you know, you need a, a degree in astrophysics uh, to to manage their cap. If if after all this bullshit, I don't know if that helped. <laughs> yeah, it, it would probably help. I, I okay, it wouldn't help, it would. but I guarantee the person would be smart enough to do the job. Does that make sense? Yep. So if you have a guy making one point five as a healthy scratch, bullshit. I'm going to be against it. That's garbage. If you have him in the lineup and you commit to him in a different role. Fine. Just, just three million, three and a half million dollars is too much for Justin Hall and Travis Dermott combined. Like that's too, that's you're allocating too much of your cap to those two guys. Three point five million dollars. That's I don't know. That's unacceptable I, to me. I think I the Dermott think, contract would be tradable. So, but Hall. again, well, so I don't think Hall, the like, plan is to have both guys in the team next year. I think they're yeah, doing their due. Got to make room for Sandine, right? You got to make room for Sandine. People are saying, oh, he's still not ready. When the fuck is he ready then? Well, and how about this? How about this? Yeah. Shitter get off the pot with Lilligren. Yeah. I'm sick of it. Shitter get off the pot. He either can or he can't. 
Like the one thing, if if the Leafs do manage to protect Dermott, keep Hall, or protect Hall and keep Dermott, if they manage to keep both those guys, they'll have an abundance of uh, defensemen mm-hmm. under contract, and a bunch of teams are going to lose one. Lose one that they're not really ready or happy to lose. And it's not like there's an abundance of great young defensemen ready to come up in this league. Not every team has a stockpile like that. So maybe the Leafs will be able to protect those guys and then go to pick a team out of a hat and go, how about Justin Hall? How about Travis Dermott? How about Timothy Lilligren even? Um, uh, Elliot Friedman did say that when Francis built the Hurricanes, and really he deserves a good chunk of credit for the, the way the Canes look right now, um, he built them through defense. But if you go through the expansion draft tool on Cap Friendly, which I did a little bit this morning, there is a ton of defensemen available, a ton oh. of very good defensemen available. So you, it makes you wonder, it's like, if these guys are available, and do not pull it up right now, Steve, don't do it. Okay. Don't do it. Don't do it. Because I got some other stuff I want to reveal to you later. This is why. There's a reason. Yeah, the thing that's at a premium is centers. And one thing that the Leafs are going to have to do is expose a center in Alexander Kerfoot. Which so it makes a lot of Kerfoot. sense for the Kraken to take Kerfoot. So that'll be uh, very, very interesting. And then if you, keep, if you keep going, though, like, okay, so the Leafs lineup without Kerfoot kind of looks a little thin, doesn't it? I mean, even with him, after you get past the big four, what do you really have? Mikheyev, who can't shoot, Engvall, who can't play a regular shift effectively, Spezza and Simmons, who are fourth liners, God love them. We love them. We love what they bring, but like they're not, we're not expecting punch from them. The least well, caused me physical pain. What, what else do they have really? So this is, this is the problem. And so the name that came up with Elliot Friedman today that the internet's freaking out about is Tyler Bertuzzi. Now, the Leafs apparently had interest in Tyler Bertuzzi, even as close as the trade deadline. However... Uh, he was injured, so obviously not available in trade, or at least they didn't want to make that trade. So you've got Matthews, Tavares, Marner, Nylander, Kerfoot. Let's say he's gone, for instance. Mm-hmm. Your next highest paid player after that is Mikheyev, and then Engvall, and you got Simmons, Spezza, Adam Brooks, and obviously Riley Nash, Thornton, Felino, Galchenyuk, and Hyman are all UFAs. And then, okay, so you plug Robertson in. If you plug him in in top, on the top two lines, I think that's a little unfair to start. That's a lot of pressure on a guy who can score and has an unbelievable shot, could use a little injury luck. But I think it's a little unfair to go, okay, Nick Robertson, 20 years old, come on in and play with Tavares and Nylander. Come on in and play with Matthews and Marner. It's a lot. And I wonder if that you then you put him on the third line. Well, who's going to be his center? Engvall? Is it going to be Robertson, Engvall, Simmons? They need a third line center. They do. And, and this, more than they need uh, a defenseman. Yeah. It's I'm, the I'm, number one need. I'm so concerned. I'm so concerned about the future of this team. Like the, the idea that we've heard floated that, oh yeah, well one day Tavares will be on the wing. What? He'll, what? We're going to have an $11 million winger. We're going to have a $33 million line. And, and right now we're talking about how we can't afford a third line center. We'll be able to afford a second either when that shit happens. But I guess we'll address that nightmare when it eventually arrives at our doorstep after another failed attempt to get to the second round. But since we're talking about this right now, I think starting the season with Robertson in the top six could actually be good. 
because it gives you an opportunity to evaluate him and see if he can do it. You know, it's, I think I personally, I think he's actually better suited for it. Um, I don't think it makes sense to have him on the third or fourth. Okay. Floor. Fair. But then you, when you run out there, you're going to run, let's say it's the playoffs, Steve and Robertson is a good, are you going to run Robertson, Matthews, Marner? By the time the playoffs arrive, he'll be months and months and months uh, into the season and hopefully more adjusted, uh, you know, to the NHL. Cole Caulfield was just on the second line of a team that made it all the way to the Stanley Cup final. Right, but my point is, who did Cole Caulfield play with? Nick Suzuki, who's a baby himself. And? and? Tyler Toffoli or Josh Anderson. Right. So you're going to line up. Let's say it's Montreal-Toronto again. You're going to line up Anderson, Robertson, and then like Toffoli and Marner on the other side. Mm -hmm. I don't like that. There is no physicality on that line. And we saw that with Mitch Marner in the, in the preseason or the postseason. The guy couldn't break through. That's what the team wants. That's what they want. Adam, like it it matches their, they're not going to do shit in the playoff style. And uh, they're welcome to commit to this not going to do shit in the playoff style. Okay, so Tyler Bertuzzi's name has come up, like I said. He is a restricted free agent. He's got he's arbitration pending. Um, obviously, Detroit fans love this because they're like, well, give us Rasmus Sandin. <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's pretty, pretty possible that Ty- Tyler Bertuzzi is a $4 million player. And if you line him up next to what Hyman brought... It's not a whole lot different. In fact, he outscores Hyman, and he's three years younger. Not it's, a bad player to be, have. He would be a great addition. That's the kind of guy where I can see Bertuzzi, Matthews, Marner. That that would be very interesting. And I then would, you can run. And then it. maybe you do an all finesse line. Maybe then you put, uh, or you put Bertuzzi with Tavares and Nylander, and then you can run the all finesse with Matthews, Marner, uh, and and Robertson. You can. I mean, I wouldn't, but you can. No, I'm going full vindictive school teacher. You two are banned from playing with each other, even on the power play, until you get to the second round. You're banned. One of you is on PP2. Which one of you is it going to be? Which top five scorer is going to be on PP2? You guys, you flip a coin. Tell you, tell you what, since you guys can't make a decision, we're going to alternate games. Which one of you is on PP2? Not until you get to the second round. So the Matthews, Nylander, Tavares, Marner, figure the rest of that shit out. The problem with that, Steve, is that one of them performs on the power play, and that's Austin Matthews. He's the one weapon you have. Well, then you have your answer, don't you? Well, and, and so so then we're going to, like, if if we're going to talk about that, so um, there was a couple... Just on the Tyler Bertuzzi thing, why does no yeah. one care that he didn't play last season? Why is no one talking about the fact that he had back surgery and missed an entire season of hockey? Doesn't that sound now- exactly like what Josh Anderson had? Isn't, isn't that exactly what happened with Josh Anderson? And they still had to give up Max the- Domi in a seven-year deal? I don't know, but like I feel like that should matter in this. It like does. you're going, you're chasing this one uh, target that's hasn't played hockey since January. It's probably and, depressed value, right? They don't have to trade as much to get him, right? They, and then you also have well, to sign that. him. You know, mm-hmm. like you have to you have to commit to him before you even acquire him. To so know the, that you can get him done. The smart way to do this is, I would say to Stevie, listen, you got to let me talk to his agent before. We're not committing assets to this player until such time as we have an agreement in place. Right? So you say, otherwise, you can go fly a kite. Go resign him yourself. You can't make that trade without having a deal in place. The Leafs have done that before. His name was Jonathan Bernier, and we know how that worked out. And God bless him. He's had a great career since. But you can't 
It, look at what happened with Montreal and Josh Anderson last year. And I'm not saying Josh Anderson wasn't effective at times, mm-hmm. but a seven-year deal for Josh Anderson coming off a major injury and you know, for a guy with tantalizing skill, could be the best power forward in the league if he could just put it together every night. The guy would be way better than Tom Wilson. He wasn't good okay. often enough for the commitment that they made to him. You're absolutely you right. And, and, and Jesse's right so, in the sense that why are you going to expend assets on a guy that didn't play last year? So Kyle Dubas is going to go into a negotiation with Tyler Bertuzzi and say, hey, we want you. So you have all the chips now. Also, we're going to commit to you after you haven't played a single game after being 24 and having back surgery. And we're going to give you a bunch of money and we're going to be cool with this and go into next season with you on our roster. Like that doesn't make sense to me. Hey, Tyler, what the hell Tyler, is this? Tyler, fire your agent. Fire your agent. Get some advice from me. All right. Now you've been traded to the Leafs and I'm your agent. Here, you want my advice? Wait. No, no, you don't make the Dubas doesn't make the trade without the deal in place. Yeah, but he's negotiating already from a stance of, hey, we want you and we're going to do whatever we can to get you. Okay. And what I would say is, is we're not going to do everything we, we want, we can to get you. We would like to have you on the team. Do you want to play with Matthews and Marner? Do you want to sign a short-term deal, play with Matthews and Marner, have it score an outrageous amount of points, and then come back to us and leverage huge money? That's how you get him in. That's how you get him. Is is the short-term deal. But if if what he wants is long-term, after the surgery, and I'm dealing with a divisional rival, which I think we're forgetting, uh, if this is Dragon's Den, for those reasons, I'm out. Right. Well, I think you have to explore it. But I think if you're Dubas, you go... Yeah, we're not gonna we're not gonna pay you less than what you made on your last deal. We'll give you three and a half, yeah. but we need to know that you're healthy. And uh, by the way, you get to play with Matthews and Marner. And you see that how makes much my rich. You see how much my mood changed when we started talking about this this piece of shit. Well, so <laughs> to that point, not Tyler Bertuzzi. I'm not talking Tyler. about the Leafs. Sorry. Um, there's a couple <laughs> things that are very very interesting as well. Uh, Fridge also mentioned in that interview this morning that. Um, uh, the Coyotes are going to move on from Kemper. Now, you remember CJ said goal. What? Yeah, they are probably going to trade Kemper. I think he's got a year left. Um, he Fridge didn't seem to think that Kemper was the guy for the Leafs, but the Leafs are going to look at the goalie market and try to get the best guy available. And CJ said there was a goalie that was a target, but it doesn't seem like Kemper. There's a lot of people who thought it's got to be Darcy Kemper. Remember, CJ came on and said there's definitely a goalie, and they were definitely interested, and they were definitely close. So I think we can cross Dar- Darcy Kemper off that list. Doesn't mean it doesn't change at some point in the future. However, I don't think that was the goalie that CJ was talking about. Somebody else on the West Coast, probably. And Uh, if you're Arizona, you're saying we're going to commit to Aiden Hill, right? And then we go and we get somebody else as a backup and you move off of that $4.5 million and you give some of that to Aiden Hill and you give uh, the rest of it to your backup goal. Do you sign Ranta a little bit, like like for another year and just say, hopefully you can play 25, 30 games? Like a million you have to be committed to having a good third goalie then because he's going to be, no, there's a very good, there's a very good chance that when anti rant is not in your lineup uh, or sorry, there's a very good chance. He's not going to be in your lineup. Right. Um, Also Hyman is looking less and less likely to resign with the Leafs, according to Friedman. Cool. Uh, Now the Leafs, if the Leafs lose Kerfoot, like I said, they're going to look a little thin up front, which they already do. Now, I want to put this out there and there's a couple of asterisks next to the sentence I'm about to tell you. The Leafs quote, have interest, that's asterisk number one in Taylor Hall, asterisk number two. Steve, explain 
Firstly, asterisk number one, which is have interest. What do you always say about teams that, quote, have interest? I have interest in a Ferrari. <laughs> I have you interest. Actually, in would a- you actually want to own a Ferrari if you could? No, I'm not a big car guy. Um, I think I like the, uh, which is the car that GTA 5 ripped off? Is it the Challenger, the Charger? Which Probably. Is it? Like the muscle yeah. car, four-door? Yeah. I just can't it was get the Charger. I can't yeah. get behind a four-door muscle car. The Charger's never done it for me. Oh, yeah, it's the doors for me. You're right, I'm out. It just doesn't all, feel right. Oh, the doors. <laughs> I've never been a big car guy, but like, no, I'm interested. I'm interested in a $10 million home. Like, of course they're interested in Taylor Hall. Why wouldn't you be interested in Taylor Hall? Mm-hmm. I'm sure they're interested in how many players are in the National Hockey League? 850? I'm sure they're interested in 500 of them. It doesn't matter that they have interest in Taylor Hall. The, uh, the other asterisk was, of course, the name Taylor Hall. And the report came from Darren Drager. And there was a connection there. Can you explain that one? Oh, really? You're making me do this, Adam? <laughs> really? You're making me do yeah, this? What the hell is the setup? <laughs> wow. Adam, I did that on purpose. Hey, Steve, throw yourself under the bus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? Listen, if you want to hear it straight, Darren Ferris and Darren Drager are very close. They, they, there is constantly, if you want to know about a Darren Ferris client, Darren Drager is going to have the breaking news on that. That's fair, right? Is that a fair this- comment? This yeah, we, there was a reason. Particular is sensitive about that. Yeah, there's we know a reason that. Dreger had all of the scoops during the Mitch Marner negotiations. Well, scoops and outrageous claims as well. Yeah, let's just call it what it was. You know, like Columbus being like, "Yeah, we can make Mitch Marner a fourteen million dollar offer." I'm just sitting here on my phone. My yeah, next okay. Dangle, I'm here on my- so there is obviously the least would have interest. Breach did say though that everybody thought and still seems to think that Taylor Hall will stay in Boston, but there's a three to four year deal that he'd be willing to accept and i'm not sure that boston's willing to offer that i'm so i'm curious to see who he ends up with don't think take, it's wrong take less to play in boston taylor yeah do it now this brings me to the third player of interest uh it's not tarasenko but it has to do with tarasenko so um you know for st louis oh yeah this was huge this is huge huge news uh vladimir tarasenko has asked for a trade according to jeremy rutherford in his article for the athletic uh he says sources familiar with the situation say he's upset with the team's handling of his shoulder shoulder surgeries in 2018 and 2019 his first two of three such injuries sorry surgeries which were uh per- were performed by blues physicians and he feels like there's no trust, trust left in the organization. Now, when you dive deeper and you can read the article, they actually, he, he got a surgery and then went back and said, guys, my shoulder still really hurts. And they realized that part of what was wrong in the soldier or in the shoulder was not even corrected or noticed by physician oh. when the surgery happened. So you could see why he may not trust the organization anymore. If it's a blues surgeon and he missed it, I mean, this is my career, man. And I've got two years left at seven and a half million bucks. I should be in for a huge payday at the end of this. But a lot of people are looking at Vlad Tarasenko now, who used to be just a, the sh- like a, a killer. Monster. Monster. And go, well, the thing that you do, the, the most mechanically important thing that you do involves your shoulder. Like you, you, and that's not all right. You've had three surgeries in three years. I'd have some question marks. But one of the names they brought up that... St. Louis would really be interested in is Matt Kachuk. 
Obviously, there's the, the tie-in there with his father, who played for the Blues and was really great. But, um, you know, it would have to be Vladimir Tarasenko plus. But there's a chance, maybe, that Matt Kachuk gets traded this offseason and that the Blues are an option and that Tarasenko might go the other way. Now, no guarantees that Tarasenko does this with a no-trade clause. And, of course, as... I don't know why we still get this in the comments section, but people are like, why are we even talking about this? He has a full no move. Everybody with a full no move has been traded. You know who had a full no move? David Clarkson. Like, <laughs> you yeah. can be traded. It's a, it's a hurdle. But it's not it, a barrier. No. It's no, a, it's a, it can be. It's there. It's about Ooh. as, it, it's about as, a, as much of a pain in the ass as Trump's wall down in the Southern United States. You can get around it. Pretty easy. So all you have to do is find a way. You know what I'm saying? It's got some holes. It's not where I thought you were going to go with that, but yes. <laughs> now, I, what I found very interesting about this is I, I did a little deep dive in the Calgary Flames. Okay. So I used the cap-friendly expansion tool, expansion draft tool. And it's interesting that Mark Spector said in his article today on sportsnet.ca, Matt Kachuk made it clear at his parting media availability that he wasn't thrilled about the reduced ice time he got under Sutter, which we talked about, prompting outsiders to speculate he'd like a change of scenery. He might be available, because look at this, too. And Giordano, by the way, might also be available. The Flames will protect Anderson, Tanev, and Hannafin on defense. No question, right? They have to protect Lucic, Gaudreau, Monaghan, and Backlund. And you would think Matt Kachuk as well, but then you leave Lindholm or Mangiapane exposed too. So, so you might lose one of Lindholm, Mangiapane, or Mark Giordano, and you also have to protect Markstrom. You can't do uh, that. You have to protect him as because he's got the, the no move as well as part of his yeah. team. You have to protect the goalie anyway, and he's yeah. the guy. But okay, so... We, we have to talk about very key dates coming up here in July because this is the most bonkers July in NHL history. Uh, July 17th is the deadline for teams to submit protected lists for 2021 at 5 p.m. Eastern. I don't know what the date is, but I believe there's also a date for players with a no move or no, yeah, it'd be no move. Players with a no move to say whether or not they would waive it for the expansion draft. Oh, I don't know so, if that's past yet. So you have to, you have to protect guys with no moves, but they have the option to be like, "Hey, no, you leave me exposed," and then you can protect somebody else. Correct. Oh, absolutely correct. So the Leafs, for example, have to protect Tavares. I mean, they would anyway. But mm-hmm. let's say, let's say they didn't want to, but they were forced to. They could approach him, and if he was willing, could waive it for expansion. And it doesn't even mean that Seattle has to take him. It just frees up a, a, a different protection slot. Right. Right. The thinking is, according to Mark Spector, uh, that that Seattle would be all over Mark Giordano. But if if it's true that, well, why not? Well, yeah, one year, six point seven five million. <laughs> that's a pretty great leader to bring in. I, unless I'm completely crazy here. Mangiapane seems like an odd one to give up, doesn't he? Oh, no, they're they're out of their minds to give him up. 
Okay, so they like so so again, we're going through this again. If you go to the expansion draft, and again, I could be completely wrong on this. Mangiapane mm-hmm. is he's an RFA, but he's eligible to be selected, or he's an RFA next year. Lindholm, Derek Ryan, Derek Ryan's a UFA, but he's still eligible. Cap friendly I, switched over, and it's screwing a lot of people up. Cap yeah. friendly has already switched over to next year. Yes, it's messing me up. Yeah, so um, if you see any pending restricted free agents or UFAs. It just has the red or the blue next to it, not the yeah. dollar amount. Right. And, and thankfully in the um, in the expansion draft, they actually say UFA 2023, RFA 2022. So they, yes. it does tell you. Um, and Spec said that maybe Derek Ryan would be a good pick for uh, Seattle, considering he's from the Washington area. But, no, I, but they could they could just sign him. They could he's just sign him. Agent. He's a UFA. Yeah. It didn't make any sense to me either. No. So, okay. So you're, you have to protect some of these guys. Lucic has the no move. But maybe, I mean, like... Lucic is the only one who is, by default, uh, has to be protected. But you have to protect, then, Gaudreau, Monaghan. Yeah. You would think Backland or, or Lindholm. Kachuk. Kachuk has to be. So See, that leaves you three defensive slots. I think... I don't know if this decision has been made yet or not, but I think Lucic, the, first of all, the Flames should absolutely approach him. Uh-huh to waive it and i think he would happily waive it yeah um because he's not going to get selected he's not going to get selected and if he did you got to remember that's a bc guy um who but he's he's in a weird situation where he's a bc guy who clearly likes bc but he doesn't want to play there (laughs) because of the uh the canucks animosity from 2011 (laughs) and i think there was an incident or two outside Um, of a bar there was yeah i i don't remember exactly what happened but that would be a great situation for him uh in seattle good point they they ain't picking him they no. so and he probably knows that so rather than you know plant his flag and no how dare you trade me closer to home uh where i'll probably get a pay raise as well like it okay. rather than do that he'll he'll um i imagine he would wave it freeing up a spot for the flames interestingly too and i don't know how this quite works but um so then that gives you if you can protect what seven forwards right I think I three defense. Yeah. So the list I have is Kachuk, Goudreau, Monahan, Backlund, Lindholm, Giordano, Hannafin, Tanev. And Technically, and, if you wanted, you could protect eight forwards. Yeah. And, and no you, defensemen. You do want to protect Rasmus Anderson over Mark Giordano all day. Yeah. Okay. So I'll switch that. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. It's he's at a and he's 37, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's what I don't understand about the the tool here, because because Dylan Dubé is a RFA mm-hmm. this year, but yeah. he's not highlighted in green because he's not signed. But I believe he meets expansion requirements as well, and they could select him. Seattle could take him. Here, let me. He wasn't happy under Sutter as well, and Sutter actually apparently like was super critical of him. But yeah, yeah. A- the uh, the green thing is isn't that the check mark means he meets the requirements. So okay, the green the the if it's black that just means he's not signed yet. Okay, yeah. so that means that you know a guy like they could lose a 22 year old right winger. You know that's it. It could it's not going to be not going to be easy for Calgary here. But Seattle's going to be good. Like I love how yeah. everyone's like ah oh, they're not going to do what Vegas did. They, stop it! Stop it! None of us, not a single one of us on planet Earth, not even people who work for the Vegas Golden Knights, thought the Vegas Golden Knights were good. Um, when but they you, assembled their first team, we all thought they were going to be dog shit. 
if you do seven uh seven forwards three D, there's enough room to um protect Dylan Dubé. There is, but at the expense of who? Right? Well, right now you got Kachuk, Goudreau, Monahan, Backlin, Lindholm, Dubé all covered, and that's only six guys. Okay, and then so you got then your... you I guess. And I then you got losing, one more. Losing Giordano for nothing is ludicrous to me. Like mm, yeah. if you have to didn't I say this for a while? Like if you have to, if it's a, it's, if it's finally time to move on from him, fine, but losing him for nothing. Mm-hmm. When did he win the Norris? Wasn't it last year? Yes. Or like the year before. Yeah. It was, was like, it? he was like 36, 37. Yeah. Like, uh, come on, man. I know he's old and I know, uh, you know, it's time to, to maybe move on and pass the torch and everything. We don't lose him for nothing. That looks like the guy like going over it does. This. Going over it over and over again, it looks like Giordano is probably going to Seattle. Which Trade is crazy. him and find a new guy. <laughs> Somebody will take him. Um, uh, I also want to mention, too, that uh, uh, with regards to the Flames, uh, Flames would have interest in Duncan Keefe if Giordano was taken. The problem is he'll probably get moved before the expansion draft. Giordano. Or, no. Oh, Keith. Keith. But in breaking news today... Um, the Oilers have some sort of, uh, had some sort of asset available to the Hawks in the Duncan Keith trade, which they have since pulled. So apparently there's a take it or leave it scenario right now between Ken Holland and Stan Bowman. Yeah. I'd be pissed off too. Yeah. So like you've been saying, you've been working towards this deal and then Edmonton pulls the plug on it. So there's, maybe there's a chance Duncan Keith ends up in Calgary. Um, but what if, if this I'm whole Edmonton, time, if I'm Edmonton, I'm pulling that deal too. Like I've just like uh, yeah, just pull the plug. Like Duncan, you don't need to do this. Here. Give him to me. Like I, I don't have to help <laughs> you out. So I'm gonna not do this deal because I don't if, have to do it. What if this whole time Edmonton and Ken Holland have been driving the price up for Calgary? <laughs> oh, really mean. Um, the other thing, uh, the other thing is that if Matt Kachuk's available. I think there's 30 teams that should do everything they can to get them. Yes. Yes, like, absolutely. Like, I don't know if you're the Leafs, that's the guy. That's the guy. Go get him. I don't, I don't know if you could find a player more valuable than that guy. Yeah. Do you move I, out does, one of the big four? Yes. Yeah. Harpy in a Harpy. Yeah. In Harpy. Without Name which, him. Name him. I think it'd have to be Marner or Nylander. Cause those are the only, like you're not trading Matthews. Tavares is untradeable. So that's those two. Sorry. Uh, it does. It Listen, I would kill for that scenario. I would love Matthew Kachuk on my team. Um, and just, I would love to be the Leaf social media manager when they tweet a picture of Jake Muzzin on one side and Matthew Kachuk on the other, giving a thumbs up to the camera <laughs> with, with the Mortal Kombat <laughs> graphic over it, friendship. <laughs> I, w- I would love that. I can't wait for it. But it does seem, there are some things that seem inevitable to happen eventually. doesn't have to happen now, but I do think it's inevitable that one of the Kachuk brothers will eventually be a St. Louis Blue. And mm. I don't think it's going to be Brady on account of the Sens are actually committing to building around him. Whereas Matthew Kachuk pours his heart out for the Calgary flames and they 
don't give a shit. <laughs> like that's yeah, that's weird, right? Yeah, you know, that's it's, weird. It's been weird to me from day one. Like there has to be something that I'm missing. And like, Sutter coming in and then being and then being like, no, more Gaudreau and Monaghan. I there has to be something that I'm missing because this Leafs fan thought it was very funny when Jake Muzzin flipped the puck at uh, Matthew Kachuk and he flipped out. But then even I afterwards was like, why didn't anyone kick Jake Muzzin's ass? What or try? Try. I noticed that right away. Like before it was even a story that came out that Kachuk was hurt by that. And they had like a closed door meeting. I remember watching that and going, why did nothing happen just now? Like, are the Leafs that badass? <laughs> like, I, I know it was a little bit more peaceful on the ice this year because they were a little bit bigger and a little bit tougher. But like, we're talking about a team that got sunned by a team that never sticks up for himself. I, uh, I thought it was very interesting. And like what I said with Patrick Line last year, it seems like it's going to happen do it it's, it just seems like he's not he's the guy i want to build the team around but they don't give a shit so and like at at some point you know hearts are broken you know yeah. sometimes you can mend fences but uh the flames w- were annoyed with him often enough that he became annoyed with them and it just seems irreparable and you know what i said with the jets and line a is stop putting your fans through this like I either extend him and then he's a jet for a long time now or trade him, make a decision here. And with Matthew Kachuk, uh, if the flames commit to him, I think that's the right move. But if you're not going to do that, then get rid of him, move on. Like you're obviously at a pivotal point in your team's future when you're contemplating losing Mark Giordano for nothing. So you're at a pivotal point here. You're at a crossroads you're at a real building point. Well, and 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 so are the Leafs. And I wonder, again, we've talked about how the Leafs are the Flames East and the Flames are the Leafs West. And I wonder if there isn't some sort of fit there eventually. And and I, I and I know I know I'm a Leafs fan and I want Kachuk bad, real bad. But um both teams are at a pivotal moment. Fridge even said it today. He said it on a couple stations. I guess he's doing the rounds. The Leafs are at a moment where it is just about DeRozan for Kawhi Leonard. We're just about there. And in fact, I'm surprised we're not there, to be honest with you. Like, if they really think that running this back with this same team is, is a good idea, they're wrong. It's ob- objectively not right. And we won't know that until the playoffs. I don't care how good they do in the regular season. They could finish first overall. I'll be thrilled, and I'll cheer for every single goal. But until we see this in the playoffs, I don't even know how how you can think any other way. So unless you make a big change now, who gets fired next year if they get out in the first round again? Anyone, anyone, ever, anyone ever utters Masai Ujiri's name uh, in the same sentence as the Leafs again, I'm kicking you in the chest. <laughs> but it's, it's a, my point is, is, is that I think it's time for a big move. I agree. In Calgary, it seems like it's time for a big move. And it seems like the core... I don't know what, like, I know that they're, they're probably listening on, um, on Monaghan, but I'm not certain in Calgary why you're not building around Kachuk when Monaghan and Goudreau have consistently shown you in pressure situations that they're not the guy. Just like I don't understand with the Leafs, with certain players in, in pressure situations, they're not the guy. They're paid like they're the guy, 
but the they're most, not the guy. The most secure job in the fine nation of Canada is National Hockey League general manager. Everyone's been in their in their position forever, forever. Betting, I don't know if we're getting to him later in the show. I, I don't know what he could do to get fired. And uh, the same goes with Bradshaw Living. I don't know what it would take. I really don't know what it could take. Like, like this team reminds me of the like the 0708 Leafs where they w- just weren't they weren't bad enough to be awful and they weren't good enough to be playoff bound. They just weren't anything. That 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 to me was the team at their least relevant. Like they weren't even we weren't even following the tank. Like we didn't even have the fun. Hey, you know, are they going to take Dylan Strom or Mitch Marner with the fourth overall pick? Hey, what if they win the draft lottery and get Austin Matthews? Like they weren't even there. They just weren't relevant. Like to me, that te- that seems like a team in a great position for, if not a rebuild, then a retool. Mm-hmm. Like all the guys that we're talking about have value. Yes. Like the Flames aren't going to get nothing for Giordano, I hope. Uh, they're not going to get anything for Monaghan, you know, Gaudreau, Kachuk. These, those are all guys you can move. And then you still have Lindholm, you still have Anderson, you still have Markstrom and Nett. You still have all these great pieces. Hannafin. Like, what is it? It's what is it going to take for a Canadian GM to pick up the friggin' phone <laughs> this summer and actually get creative? Mm-hmm. Oh my God! Hey, yeah, but a lot of players don't want to come here. They have it written into their contract. Oh well, then you can't do it then. Earn your money. The GMs in this country stink. Earn your money. Do something. Give fans something to cheer for. Toronto. Calgary. Vancouver. Bueller. Anyone? Bring a winning team here. For the love of God. That's like at, at this point, like I'm not going to jump on the Canadian. Uh, 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 if there's one Canadian team left bandwagon, I'm cheering for them. I'm not. But it's starting to get sad. I've finally started to see the allure of that bandwagon. I think it's more like the success is there. Went to the Stanley Cup final, and you're here yelling about bring success to Canada. Like what? They they won the Canadian Stanley Cup. (laughs) We we talked about this before the playoffs began. The Canadian Stanley Cup since 1993 has been losing in the final. It's it's funny the um, the thing with Canadian teams too is that like. Uh, the whole salary cap thing was supposed to, well, this will make it a lot easier for Canadian teams. And they still suck. Maybe there's just a problem. Got nothing to do with the cap. They're I dumb. don't think it has anything to do with where these teams are geographically located. It's just, it's like selecting seven random teams. Yeah. You know, it's not, I don't think it has anything to do with playing in Canada. I, I Maybe, Jesse, it has to do with the fact that these that these teams have inherent issues beyond what we see mm-hmm. in decision making they don't do things they literally don't do things <laughs> well the leafs do the leafs do things we get they on the things, show but they do them we get on the show every time we start for your your meeting is being recorded from every time i hear that lady's voice we got on we get on here and we go what about things and then Adam goes, well, Flames things. And I go, Flames things is a great topic. Let's talk about Flames things. Oh, what about Canucks things? Oh, Canucks things. Let's talk about Canucks things. And none of 
the things ever happen. They just stay shit. Do things. Jesse doesn't agree. I can see it on his face. No, I think you. I think you'll see a lot of movement this uh, this off season. It you seems better. like it's seems like it's brewing that the expansion draft is going to force a couple teams to do a couple things. You know, it'll be fun. Uh, also, uh, fourth period reporting contract negotiations between Oilers and goalie Mike Smith are ongoing. Um, offers been tabled by the Oilers. Smith camp likely to counter. Also, hearing Edmonton exploring uh, goalie trade market might possibly buy out Koskinen. So. Something to keep an eye on. Now, Steve, you asked, and we're going a little bit over time today. Owen Power, you wanted to say something. Oh, yeah. So we were talking about, because uh, he's, he's, he was talking about going back to school, and we're like, aha, this is him avoiding the Sabres. So there, there's an article that someone sent me um, written by Mike Carter on the Hockey Writers. Mm-hmm. Um, and where's the excerpt? Ah, this is from Owen Power. Buffalo is up there and it's close to home. So I think it would be, I think a really good spot for me and good for my family. We used to go down to Buffalo for a few nights. My mom would go shopping. I know, boy, this guy's from Ontario or what? I know my mom and my aunt. Yeah. I know my mom and my aunts really love it down there. In another interview with TSN power also had this to say about potentially joining the Savers. It'd be awesome. He said, it's nice and close to home. So lots of family would be able to come down. I would go to games uh, when I was younger and watch. Uh, and I think it continues, but I cut off the screenshot. When so, were those quotes written, though? The hockey writer. No, when were they written? Oh, when were they written recently? I don't know how recently, but recently. Okay. Yeah. It's basically, I don't know. We Last show, we presented some information that mm-hmm. suggested this kid would never play for the Sabres. Now mm-hmm. I'm presenting other information that suggests he would. Mm-hmm. Okay. It might mean nothing. Lastly, and this is always this is always tough to do, but we're going to have to do it anyway. Um, University of Ohio is for the first time publicly confirming there were two sexual assault claims involving former Blackhawks coach Bradley Aldridge during his five month stint there after leaving Illinois. So we're keeping you updated on that story. We promised we would. That is from at Tony J. Arnold on Twitter, if you would like to read that from WBEZ.org. So you can check that out. Um, and we were talking about local coverage of this story. He's all over it. Is he? All over it. And Frege, I think, credited him with being first on this story. I know we saw it from Rick Westhead first, but I don't, I don't know. Yes, it was Tony. Okay. Uh, let's get to the press conference. Uh, since we are over time... I don't think there's much for for questions. I think it's I think it'd be nice to put a cap. Go ahead. Do you have a top eight list for us? No, I have. <laughs> I did a ranking of the top. Uh, I don't know how much I'll I'll I I got to cut it off somewhere where I think it's definitive. But I did okay. a top list of Stanley Cup champions in the cap era that I'll bring to you on Monday. Ooh. I'll give you that. I'll give you that on Monday. Oh, it's a good I can't list. Wait. And off of that, I think it's important to put a cap on the uh, 2020-2021 regular season and like applaud everybody for getting a full hockey season done in the middle of a pandemic. Like shout out all of the workers who were able to do that. All of the media people too, who lived in isolation for weeks at a time in yep. little bubbles, just so they could work this job and get every get all of this hockey done done and out to the people. Like it's a it's a real credit to the money and the resources that that the NHL has and the commitment that people believe in the sport 
that during a pandemic that these things didn't fail and that a season happened. And um, to conclude it, the best team won. <laughs> that's that's one thing that I was really happy to see at the end of the playoffs is that the best team in the league won the Stanley Cup. And I don't think anybody's going to argue that in the end of it. Would Avs fans uh, argue? <laughs> well, uh, Pierre Lebrun had a good tweet. Nice response. <laughs> I, uh, they weren't the best team. Whoa. All right. All right. All right. All right. Yeah, Pierre Lebrun had a great tweet to put a cap on it, too. Um, the 62 win Lightning of 1819 got swept by Columbus in the first round. Since then, Tampa Bay has won eight straight playoff series, never trailed in a series, never lost back to back playoff games en route to winning back to back Stanley Cup championships. That's something. There you go. That's I'm sorry, Avs. You won the regular season trophy, the President's Trophy, but the Stanley Cup is awarded in the playoffs. Best team won. I think it was a great season. It was great to have hockey done in uh, this tumultuous year. Jesse, to that point, um, somebody messaged me, and I think Tampa, since they lost in 2015, has played 75 playoff games. Oh, my God. 75 playoff games and almost an entire full season. How long, how far back do you think you need to go to get 75 Leafs games in the playoffs? What year? Yes. 1982. <laughs> okay, maybe it's not that far back. That's funny, but it's not that far back. <laughs> <laughs> That's my guess. 2001. Jesse, what year were you born? 1992. You had to go back to the... I believe the 93, 94 season. So Jesse was two years old. (laughs) Cause remember they went back to back in the conference finals, right? They got swept by Vancouver in the second year, which no one talks about, but we should. Um, Yeah. It's it's, we haven't had, we've had since 93, 94. So almost 30 years had 75 total playoff games. You want another depressing Leafs that? No, I I think all the stats for the Leafs are depressing. I mean, like I don't think name a good Leaf stat, name one that's happy. This is from Connor Edward 29 on Twitter, slid into my DMs and wanted me to read this to you guys. Um, total wins, regular seasons plus playoffs. Leafs, 38. Habs, 37. <laughs> the Habs well literally done, finished, <laughs> literally finished below 500. That's so fucking great. That's amazing. Uh, <laughs> Steve's yelling, but we couldn't hear it because his mic. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, his mic gated. Cut out. Yeah, your mic gates. So, you <laughs> but great, good. <laughs> That's fucking awesome, Jesse. Nice stat. All right. Well, listen. I hope that leads you into a very happy and non-depressing weekend. Uh, we love you. We will be back Monday, and there is so much to do. So very much, uh, including expansion, the actual NHL draft, of which the Leafs have three total picks, which will be super duper. Is that um, actually? Yeah, we've got the second, the sixth, and the seventh. Because remember, we had to trade a first and two fourths for Felino, And people physical, said, I was a crazy man for saying that that was too much. Physical pain. Physical like, pain. I'm, I'm Taylor honestly, Hall was a second round pick? Yep, second or the third, I think. You ruined uh, my day making me talk about make these that. guys. <laughs> I, you ru- oh, oh. No, Steve, oh. you're don't forget, Steve Dangle's a traitor. Uh, we yeah, you're a Habs fan. Yo, Jesse, shouldn't we put a Steve Dangle as a traitor in, in our in our SDPN shot? Oh, like, you want, make it the a title. 
Make it the title. <laughs> Steve Dangle. Make it the title of the show. It's the new name of the network. Steve Dangle is a traitor. <laughs> Dot N. <laughs> M. Benedict <Yeah>. Dangle. <laughs> you know what we should get? You know, you can put your face on like old people. Like you can put your cat on old, like old, like, you know, face, pictures from like the 1700s or whatever. We should put you on Benedict Arnold's uniform. <laughs> Maybe perfect. Why not? Why not? Why not? Why not? We love you. We will see you Monday. Have a fantastic weekend. The Steve Dangle Podcast. Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve underscore Dangle, at Adam W-Y-L-D-E, and at Jesse Blake. Connection complete.